Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and today is going to be a little different here on this Thursday edition of the Bottom Line Show. You know, we have a, it seems like we have a different theme for every day of the week. Monday has become Movie Monday. There are so many great faith-based films that are hitting theaters and DVDs and video streaming on demand that we uh, have just kind of designated Monday as Movie Monday. Uh, Tuesday is Super Tuesday. And there are so many things that are happening as far as gearing up for the elections coming up in 2024 that we have a lot of Super Tuesday stuff to talk about. Uh, Wednesdays are Everyone Wins Day here on the Bottom Line Show. And I'm grateful for so many people who have uh, won things from us. I like giving them away. I mean, I realize that the heavy lifting is Crystal and Teresa and Joel and Todd and Tamara coordinating all this stuff and making sure it all gets mailed out in a timely fashion. We do a lot of winners. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to brag too much about this, but I think as far as Christian radio goes, if you're listening to the Bottom Line Show on a regular basis and you do sample other Christian radio stations here in town, you'll discover soon enough that the uh, <laughs> the Bottom Line Show gives away more stuff than they do. That's just So if you want to win things, you can listen to the other guys if you want to, but don't forget to listen to the Bottom Line Show. And then Thursday, of course, is the day we have the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, and that is just like winning stuff all the time. And then Friday is Good News Friday, where we devote the entire 90 minutes of our release to the good news about the good news. And it's interesting to see how that has transpired over the years. When you think about it, we devote at least 20% of our programming each week on the Bottom Line Show to sharing good news about the good news. It could be an archaeological discovery that uh, you know points people to a deeper faith in Christ. Or it might be a story, a couple weeks ago, we talked about that church in Nebraska that wound up taking over a, uh, a spot in a strip mall, and they wound up running uh, an auto repair place for people who don't, you know, maybe single parents or single moms especially, who don't have the time or they don't have the means to keep their car maintained. And understanding that if you don't have a set of wheels in today's economy, you don't often have... Uh, a means to get to work and get to school and you know, having the car fixed is a good thing to have. So that's a good news story in and of itself, being the hands and feet of Jesus, kind of being a good Samaritan at this point. Thursdays, though, uh, be, in addition to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, we get a little serious and we kind of dive into some more serious matters. But today we're actually doing a special. We don't do it that often, but there are so many great movies out that today we're doing Theater Thursday. And I'm thrilled that Tim Mahoney, the uh, documentary filmmaker with the, the uh, Patterns of Evidence series, is going to join me in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk about a theatrical release that's coming to Fathom Events Theaters this coming Monday, May 15th, and Wednesday, May 17th. Patterns of Evidence, the uh, Search for Mount Sinai, Part 2, is going to be in theaters on Monday and um, on Wednesday, all right? And since we're doing this Theater Thursday today, they, we were going to talk to Tim next Monday. And I thought, well, that's cool, but sometimes it's tough when you are doing the giveaway and it's for that night, you know? So this way, by doing Theater Thursday, you've got four days to plan for the Monday show and six to plan for next Wednesday's show. So we have two pair of tickets to give away, and I'm going to let you know about it right now because you're here right at the beginning of the program. Uh, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have two pair of tickets for this Theater Thursday to give away for Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai, uh, featuring filmmaker Tim Mahoney, who will join me on the other side of this break to uh, have a conversation about this. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the patterns of evidence that are happening in the culture right now. I mean, we are looking at patterns of evidence to find evidence of Scripture, especially in parts of the Middle East. But people have been asking for quite a while now, doesn't it just seem like this old issue with, say, the LGBTQ community and maybe more particular, uh, the transgender argument, it just seemingly came out of nowhere? Well, that may in fact be the case, but it is nice to see people of faith who are stepping up now and saying, hey, you know what? Here's the deal. 
if a kid is experiencing what we used to call gender dysphoria, if there's a boy who thinks he was born in the wrong body and that he's really a girl or the other way around, um, we want to be sensitive to what they're saying. We want to be mindful that these are feelings. And uh, my friend Joe Dallas with Genesis Biblical, Biblical Counseling would say, never tell someone their feelings are wrong, but help them to look at this as objectively as they can to ask the question, well, are my feelings confused with the facts in the case? And that's where parents come in. That's where I one of the best pieces of parenting advice I ever got when my kids were in middle school and it was some parenting and family expert. I don't even remember who it was. So that that's how I know it was of God. <laughs> and basically the advice was this. If you could talk to your kids about sex, you could talk to your kids about anything. I love that because not that you want to have, you know, graphic detailed conversations with your children about physical intimacy, but you have to wonder how many kids in the current culture are having these gender dysphoric moments, girls who are feeling like, God, I mean, it's amazing. I've shared these stories before, but a young woman who feels more like a guy than a girl because she likes to hang out with boys at middle school and play video games. Now, we used to have a word for that growing up, right? We, we called that girl a tomboy. She was a little rough around the edges, but we liked her. We never doubted she was a woman. We just, you know, she liked to hang out with the guys. That's cool. You know, there were some guys who liked to cook and hang out with the girls and, you know, do whatever. And we didn't necessarily think they were women. We just thought they were guys who liked to hang out with girls. Well, nowadays, of course, if you're a girl and you say, I like to hang out with boys and play video games, there's some do-gooding parent and school counselor who wants to run in and say, yes, you're right. We've got to do something. We've got to alter your physical appearance. We have to make you more like your real self, as if God somehow made a mistake. Well, now more teachers in the public school system are speaking out, and unfortunately, they're confirming what we've already known about, and I don't understand this unless there's a lot of money involved. I do not understand why public school teachers and public school administrators have become so complicit in keeping information from parents with regard to how well they're doing in school or not doing in school, about gender confusion they might be experiencing. That poor little girl in Florida who attempted suicide twice before her 12th birthday, the cause or the reason they said that she did not talk to her parents was, and I'm quoting here, her parents are strict Roman Catholics. They're too religious. They would never understand. Yikes. Well, Elizabeth Mirabelli is a 25-year veteran of the San Diego, California school system. She has been teaching at Rincon Middle School in Escondido. She's got 25 years in the school system. And basically, she said, this isn't just the teachers who are saying, you know what, we're just not going to tell the parents. She made the claim in an interview with Fox News in San Diego recently, quote, it's unfortunate that she feels compelled to go to bat against the Rincon Middle School in Escondido because, quote, this is a community of people I care about, people I've served for a long time, and so that gives me pause to have to stand up, but I felt I had to make this choice. Uh, Mirabelli is joined by her fellow veteran teacher, Lori Ann West. Both educators have filed a lawsuit against school leadership saying that they were essentially told to lie to parents whose children have assumed gender and sexual identities incongruent with their biology. In the lawsuit, the teachers claim the school district's policy violates the First Amendment. They say that both Ms. West and Ms. Marabelli sought and were ultimately denied religious accommodations that would have exempted them from having to comply with the school district's policy. Uh, in addition to concealing information about parents, that policy required educators to use students' preferred pronouns regardless of their biological makeup. So basically, these teachers now are not only blowing the whistle, but they've got some legal muscle behind them. And as evidence that this really is going on, Fox News reported that they have a transcript in their possession from a training session, 3rd of February, 2022, where teachers were told, quote, assertion is enough to determine their selected gender identities and failure to comply with children's choices would be considered harassment. The training also stated, quote, there is no requirement for parent or caretaker agreement or even for knowledge for us to begin treating that student consistent with their gender identity. 
Isn't that wild? The teachers were told that students' assertion is enough. In other words, if that boy in your English class comes up and says, call me Jennifer and I want to be a girl, that's all the teacher needs. No science, no parental permission slip, no nothing. I'm grateful that our friends at Thomas More Society are handling this legal case and we will definitely keep you posted with regard to the latest updates on it. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, Tim Mahoney is going to join me. We're going to talk about patterns of evidence, uh, the journey to Mount Sinai, part two. Which of the six mountain ranges that they've uncovered in the Middle East is the actual Mount Sinai? We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, a special guest joining us today here on this Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show, Tim Mahoney is with me, and uh, Tim has become a, a good friend and a trusted resource over the many years that we have been doing uh, The Bottom Line Show. Uh, he recently released a, a movie called Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai, and they had so much material and such an overwhelming response that now we have part two of that, and it's coming to Fathom Events, events uh, screenings on today, Monday, May 15th, and also uh, Wednesday, May 17th. Tim Mahoney, welcome back to The Bottom Line. Show. Well, thank you for having me, Roger. It's great to be back. For those who are watching on myhopenow.com, behind you on your set there where you're we're doing the video part of this are cameras that you've used in the past, from what I understand. So can you don't take us on a tour of all of them, Tim? But I mean, you you've got quite an arsenal there in terms of getting the footage that you get for these specials. I do, but there's these cameras aren't just any old cameras. Uh I'm in Minneapolis and these cameras, some of them, like over my shoulder right there. That was from the Billy Graham Association and oh Worldwide my. Pictures. Uh -huh. So these cameras traveled around the world, filming probably crusades and as well as movies for Billy Graham. So I feel, uh, in a sense, really blessed to have these cameras in the background uh, as a bit of a heritage here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2 is in theaters, as we mentioned, May 15th and May 17th. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, for those who may not have heard our earlier conversation about this, give us kind of a 60-second overview of what this journey is all about. And also, what are we going to see in this one that we didn't see in Part 1? Well, this investigation is searching for the mountain that the Israelites went to, where prior to this, Moses uh, was you know tending his flock, and he saw a burning bush, and he went to see what in the world was that about, and God spoke to him, and he told him that he had heard the cry of the Israelites in Egypt. And this is going all the way back to the time of Abraham, where God uh, you know, spoke to Abraham and said that, that the land that, uh, that God was going to make a covenant with Abraham, and that through his seed... Uh, there would be a son, and that this uh, there'd be a blessing, and that all the nations would be blessed through Abraham, and that he would have a family, and that he was promising him a, a land. Well, later on, Jacob uh, is the grandson of of uh, of Abraham. He has twelve sons. They end up all going to Egypt because of a famine, uh, and uh, and they become a nation the nation of the sons of Jacob and, and the sons of Israel. And, and they eventually, uh, Moses uh, 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 flees during this particular time, and then he is told by God to go back and bring this these people to this mountain to worship God. And people have wondered, well, where is that? Most people right. think the traditional Mount Sinai, well, it's called traditional because it's in the Sinai Peninsula. But the challenge, Roger, is that they've never found any evidence for uh, people being there at, at that location. And so what I did is I started to look at six primary mountain locations. And I looked at the traditional mountain in the first film and another mountain called uh, Jebel Sinia. And uh, then we went on from there, we looked at uh, a mountain called Hashem El Tarif. Those are the first three mountains in the fall that we looked at. Now hmm. we're moving on to a mountain in Israel called Harkarkum. Some people say Harkarkum. And uh, another one called um, Hashem El Better or uh, Halab El Better, and then another one called Jebel Allah's in Saudi Arabia. But those other two mountains are in Saudi Arabia. So we're going to be looking at three mountains. It's a two-hour film, and it's quite an investigation because some of these uh, mountains have had Exodus explorers for the last twenty and thirty years trying to get information, and that's what got me involved with this. Was someone mm -hmm. saying that there's evidence in Saudi Arabia, but you can't go there? And in 2003, literally 20 years ago, I got per official permission uh, to go to the location. And I said, can I bring a camera? And they gave me permission to. And I went with a small tour group. 
And when we got there, it seemed like everything was fine. We were filming, and and then things turned. The tables turned, and the local Saudis were not happy at all that we were there or that I was filming. And uh, we got chased out of the area, and that began this film investigation. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had no idea it would take me 20 years. At the at the end of that trip, they I confiscated know. my footage, and uh, uh, and so it took me these last two decades to get here. (laughs) Wow. Tim Mahoney is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, The Patterns of Evidence series, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, is in theaters now, Monday, May 15th and Wednesday, May 17th. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. I'm glad you shared that backstory, Tim, because it really is helpful for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which, of course, is just the the logistical uh, gymnastics you and your team had to go through over the past two decades to get this film and to tell this story. But also, one of the things I love about the Patterns of Evidence movie is oftentimes, these days anyway, it seems, in the mainstream world, if someone has a quote-unquote documentary, they've already got something that they want to prove, and they basically just try to prove it. You know, I mean, to say, see, we were right all along, kind of like modern scientific, uh, you know, research, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But what you do is the fact that you said, hey, there's six different locations. Let's look at all of them and even kind of get our guests into it a little bit about he says this, but she says this and whatever. It really is a helpful dialogue that you really bring the viewer along with. You know, I appreciate you saying that. And it's a lot of work to do that. And it takes more time. I could have made this film, you know, years ago, probably, but I don't think I was supposed to. I believe for some reason, this film has to come out right now. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I created something called the Mount Sinai scorecard. And if people go to our website, PatternsofEvidence.com, they can see a trailer, uh, PatternsofEvidence.com, they can see a trailer and they can download this scorecard. But there's more to this. There's actually verses, there's maps, there's information about the campsites that they would be going on. This can prep you uh, for it. And if you are interested in history, archaeology, and you like mysteries, this is the one to come and see. Mm. Uh, This film, even if you haven't seen the first one, doesn't really matter because this is an investigation all by itself. And uh, you're going to be going into places you'll probably never, ever be able to go. And you're going to see archaeology and artifacts that you've never seen before. Uh, most people have never seen any of this. And you're going to be able to decide for yourself then, because this is a scorecard. Yes. <laughs> We've got all the attributes here. Love it's it. It's like, you know, bowling for Bible or whatever. You, <laughs> you can keep your strikes and your spares. And, sure. uh, you know, yes, maybe, no. Uh, that's the thing. And at the end of this investigation, I'm going to share what I think is where I have leaned, where I said, I think the evidence allows me to score this this way. There's some things that people never thought of or even heard, and I've been doing it for 20 years. And as we uncovered uh, the ways to look at this, there's going to be a way to sort of hone in on it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the other thing is when you make a film, Roger, sometimes you learn something. A lot of films I make, I, so, something happens in a spiritual way. Uh, for me. And Mm -hmm. I started to realize uh, that the Israelites were were told to come to this mountain for a specific reason. And that reason was to worship God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can work on all the technical stuff and archaeology and and all the things you're looking at. And then I just realized the very thing they were supposed to do, they ended up worshiping a golden calf Mm -hmm. after they had made, you know, after they'd said, God, we'll, we'll follow you, we'll obey you. And it didn't take very long, like just about, I think it was 30 or 40 days after Moses had left, uh, they started misbehaving. Not everyone, but some of them. And I think there's really important lessons to learn. And this emphasis on worship is something that I've focused on. And at the end of the movie, uh, I felt compelled to do something uh, that I've never done before. And um, I know you got a break in the show, but I should jump into it yet. Or, well, or you not, know what? D- dive in and we'll go through the. We can figure it out later. Because you got me my rapt attention here. Tim Mahoney is talking about Journey to Mount Sinai Part Two, the latest Patterns of Evidence movie. Talk about that worship experience. Well, one thing that what's interesting is that in this last year, the last several years, I mean, I've I've had times when I've been afraid. I've had fear. Mm. Uh, I don't know if anybody hasn't. When you look at what's going on in the world, you know, we've gone through. Uh, COVID and other types of events, and you're wondering, what does the future hold? And uh, this, even this last year, and I remember um, it was actually only a few months ago, I was walking through a coffee shop, and there was a fellow who I knew there. He was a pastor, and he was just there studying his Bible. Uh, and and he looked up and he said, hi, Tim. And I said, hi. 
And he said, how's it going? And I said, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you know what, Tim? And I felt this is from the Lord. He said, you need to spend more time worshiping the Lord. Hmm. With the type of things that you're doing and the mm -hmm. places you're going in the world, mm -hmm. he says, I believe you need to have a whole nother level of, of spiritual experience. And here's the thing I want to tell your audience is that you need to come and see this movie because I think it's going to help if you're struggling with fear or if you're struggling with questions. Mm -hmm. First of all, these films encourage your faith. One time I asked a man, I said, you know, what happened, what happened after you saw our movie? And he says, you know what it did to me? It made me bold. Hmm. You hmm. know, he says, I felt bold by this. He felt, I felt like I could share what, what was going on. And I think that's the thing that, that I want to share is that after after that pastor said that to me, I had two other gentlemen in about a week say almost the identical thing to me. Wow. Wow. So it was confirmed three times that I needed to do that. So, you know, what I did is I got my guitar. I said to my wife, you know, let's, let's, uh, tonight, you know, let, no TV or anything. I don't watch very much TV. I usually read. Uh, but I just said, let's, why don't we get out my guitar and, and, and we got some songbooks we hadn't looked at for a long time. They're for like mm. 30 years ago. Uh -huh. And the ones we could remember the tunes for, we just started <laughs> singing, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you know something? It changed. My spirit oh. changed. The attitude changed. God's presence was, was very powerful. And I started realizing that when we take our eyes off from the circumstances and we turn our eyes on God, and start to worship him, all of a sudden the world has a completely different um, view. You yes, know? yes. And uh, so I decided in this film to emphasize the worship at Mount Sinai. Uh, so that meant that I needed to film some scenes and, and get people and, and show what it would look like for them to worship God at Mount Sinai. Mm. And then there's a, at Fathom events always have a bonus, uh, right. like at the end of them, and we thought, well, you know, I could find people to talk about it, but I've just spent two hours of people talking about these locations. I don't need another 20 minutes of that. I said, what if I took that guitar? In fact, it was one of my friends, Rick Altizer, uh, uh, another filmmaker who did, um, uh, uh, he helped me with our film, The Journey Home, and it's made mm -hmm. a number of great mm -hmm. films. And uh, he said, Tim, why don't you just you and just, you know, get a couple of guys, you know, get a couple of guys. Well, I ended up getting a whole choir. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't just any old choir. It was a choir of people who had gone through, who had been enslaved in addiction. Mm. And now they are freed by the power of Christ. Amen. And oh, they are yeah. surrounding me. And we're going to sing uh, three powerful songs to worship God at the end of this film. And I'm asking the audience to stand and sing. And that's Love how it. this movie is going to end. Tim Mahoney is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The new Patterns of Evidence movie is coming this Monday, May 15th, and Wednesday, May 17th, to Fathom Events screens all across the country. We have two pair of tickets to give away for these screenings, uh, two total. So if you get two winners that want to use them on the 15th, two that want to use them on the 17th, however. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Tim Mahoney is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. The brand new Patterns of Evidence movie is 
coming out this Monday and uh, Fathom Events theaters all across the country. And also this Wednesday, that's May 15th and May 17th. It's Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. And it's the culmination of a couple of different documentaries where you, the viewer, will have the opportunity to look at all six mountain ranges that are often referred to as Mount Sinai and then determine which one is the real Mount Sinai. And they've got a little score sheet and a little Q&A afterwards. Uh, 800-227-5278 is the number to call. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have two pair of tickets for this special screening from Fathom Events Events, uh, Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. Uh, you can use, if you win, you can use your pair of tickets on Monday the 15th, or you could use it on Wednesday the 17th if you want. If we have two bottom line listeners who win and they both want to go on Monday or both want to go on Wednesday, the way I understand it, you can use them that way, right? That, okay, good. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, will the real Mount Sinai please... Well, we're going to get some answers to the patterns of evidence that prove once and for all where this really is. Tim Mahoney joins me next as the bottom line continues. Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2, the latest Patterns of Evidence movie. Tim Mahoney is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. That worship aspect is so important. And Tim, that's another thread that's in this movie is something that, I mean, obviously you mentioned that there was some spiritual warfare that came up against you in terms of films being confiscated, this, that, and the other thing. But there was also a little dissension within people who were part of the so-called faith community with regard to who was doing what with the, you know, the findings. And I mean, there's, there's certainly a protocol that needs to be followed too. Talk about what, how you guys dealt with the, uh, I guess, the enemy in the, in the camp that you had to fight off. Yeah. Well, part of it is I just have to do my, do what I think I need to do. And one of the things that we've always said was, let people be heard, uh, depending upon what their viewpoint is. And at the end of uh, each interview, I want to make sure, am I representing uh, each person clearly so that they can make their case? That's why I'm not there. I'm just saying, okay, here's the biblical text. I mean, right. these are different points that within the biblical text. And it's a matter of interpretation. You know, how do you interpret that? Part of the text. Uh, but when we do have, for example, there are six different mountains, and there are six, there are believers that be, that believe in, they have a faith, they believe in Christ. I mean, they're, you know, different ones, they have different belief systems. Or, or should I, I, some of them are Jewish, but some of them are Christian. But what I'm trying to get at is that um, even though they are believers, they have different ways or that they've reasoned why this is Mount Sinai or that's Mount Sinai or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I've learned that uh, that we can still be friends and we can still, uh, uh, I don't have a problem being uh, in relationship with people. It's not like I don't have to throw anybody under the bus, but right. at the end of the day, I'm just looking and saying, okay, well, here's what the text, here's what the text says. Uh, I'm going, I believe it's more pointing in this direction. And that's all I've been asking. And I think people have appreciated that yeah. because there's so many films today that they're not really documentary films. They're propaganda films. Right, right. And and I mean, you think you're watching a documentary, but you're really being propagandized. Yeah. Uh, it's nonfiction propaganda. But it's really fiction, nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. New category called yeah. fiction, nonfiction. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of to that point. I'm talking with Tim Mahoney, uh, the director of uh, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, the latest Patterns of Evidence documentary, which actually is a documentary. It's in theaters Monday, May 15th, and then also Wednesday, May 17th. And we've got PatternsofEvidence.com up at the bottom line, show.com, so you can see the trailer. But to your point, I mean, you talk about, I, I remember meeting Jerry Jenkins for the first time during the Left Behind series about 30 years ago. And I said, how do you describe the way you write? And he said, well, it's fact-based because it's biblical, but it is fiction, if you will. So he said, we call it faction, you know, because it's, it, it, it's a made-up story, but it's a story to facilitate what you're doing. The world does it the other way around. They say, hey, I'm Al Gore, and I'm going to tell you about climate change, and we'll call it a documentary, but it's really designed to steer people toward buying his green products. You literally are one of the few filmmakers these days who is doing something, taking on a very controversial subject, where is Mount Sinai, going into territory that isn't necessarily friendly to 
the Christian expression and then saying, we want to look at all six mountains. We want to look at different backgrounds. Who says what? Give you the chance to decide. It's very biblical. I was talking with a pastor friend of mine the other day. says, you know, don't you love the parts of Scripture where Jesus says, do this? Yeah, but how often does Jesus say, well, you're asking for a question. Tell me what you see. The blind are walking and the lame are whatever it is. It's kind of mm -hmm. like he puts all the evidence on us and then says, you decide. But that's kind of the way it is with receiving salvation, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I'll say this about uh, faith. Uh, um, there are a lot of things we don't have evidence for. Uh, uh, there's a friend of mine, Sean Nelson, who's done a book, or actually done a, a test, uh, it's his doctorate, actually, on how do people come to faith. Mm. And you can look at, he's, I think, found uh, like 15 or 17 different apologetic approaches. But almost every person who ever comes to faith to believe, uh, it's not those approaches that actually cause it, but there's a moment where the Holy Spirit unexplainably you know, reveals to them, and they accept Hmm. there's some type of divine um, encounter. Now, I have seen people resist that, where it's been there. And I had one person I said to me, uh, kind of proudly, after we were at, at church, he went to, to church with me, and he said, uh, I, it was everything I could do to keep from going forward. Hmm. But, I, but I managed to resist, you know. Wow, wow. You know, uh, forward to an altar call. Mm -hmm. you know and and you don't realize that you know that that's a very dangerous thing to do and in my films sometimes i will be filming scholars who were raised in a christian home and uh i think the sad part is that is that there's a rebellion going on i mm -hmm. mean it's from the very yeah. beginning of the garden of eden where people don't want to obey god they want to do their own thing they want to be their own master of their destiny and and i think that the patterns of evidence films are really films that are investigating this historical uh, uh, timeline of God acting in history, revealing himself, people either accepting or, or not accepting. And the reason why I think these films are important, when we talked about the fact that there have been, um, you know, uh, do you need to have evidence? Some people have been critical of me for saying, oh, here's evidence. Right. But by the way, if it happened, there should be evidence. Right, right. But what's what's going on is that there are a number of scholars and other people are saying, since we can't find evidence in this Sinai Peninsula, it didn't happen. Hmm. And the question is, is either the question would be, do you have the right place and do you have the right time? Right. So that's why searching for a pattern of evidence is, is significant because you have to have, let's say, five different points and they have to be in the right sequence. Right. So as you're looking for that pattern and you start to see the pattern, it reveals itself. That's when things start to get really interesting because uh, statistically speaking, to find all that is is a lot more than just to find one thing or, or to look for one thing and not find one thing. Mm. So So that's the reason why, you know, I'm not an Egyptologist, and I'm not a Bible scholar, and I'm not an archaeologist. I'm a filmmaker that's asking right. a question, Can you? where do we see patterns? So as an investigative filmmaker, I'm going, okay, um, that first film we made was, uh, was, I had a crisis of faith making it. I almost could have been a person who would not be sitting here and just uh, been a, an agnostic believer, you know, one mm -hmm. with big questions, you know, uh, that uh, that didn't know how to answer it. And I just thought, oh, well, I guess I never will know. And then my faith would just kind of go down. You know, mm -hmm. like this. But what ended up happening was that, believe it or not, an agnostic uh, found a pattern. And I was shown that pattern. And then I was able to amplify that pattern by wow. making a film. And that was the evidence for Joseph uh, and the Israelites earlier in the ground deeper in the ground so that the pattern was there, the sequence was there, and then we just followed that. And Love I think it. that that's the re that's the gift of uh, using a scientific approach to mm -hmm. search for historical events. Yeah, a scientific approach that provides you scientific evidence that confirms what you have believed by faith. 
And the beauty is it starts with the faith component. And then as you go on that journey and you keep walking, I mean, faith, the Greek definition of, you know, it's the expectation. Hope is the expectation of what is certain. Um, I'm grateful that you were able to walk through that dark night, if you will, and and come out with a stronger, deeper faith that uh, led you into a more worshipful experience as well. It's always great to talk with Tim Mahoney. The Patterns of Evidence new movie, Journey to Mount Sinai, in theaters Monday, May 15th, and also Wednesday, May 17th. We've got a link for the trailer and more about the movies, because there are two of these here. This is part two, um, up at thebottomlineshow.com. But as Tim mentioned earlier, if you didn't get a chance to see the first Journey to Mount Sinai movie, you could see part two, and it's an excellent standalone with some fantastic worship afterwards. Uh, Tim Mahoney, the time always goes by much too quickly, but I know we always have lots to talk about. What else are you working on these days? When will we have you back here on The Bottom Line to talk about it? Well, we just released uh, information that we're working on a new movie uh, with, her, uh, we have another company called Heroic Pictures, and okay. it's going to be uh, uh, God acting in uh, in history. Uh, and in this particular one, Michael Medved, uh, who is, yes. Uh, yes, I don't know if you know Michael. Oh, yeah. But, uh, he wrote a book called The American Miracle. And we are in, uh, we've got a script. We're in pre-production right now on that book. It's going to be coming out in 2025, the film, and we're very excited about that. Excellent. Well, I know we'll talk between now and then for sure, but I'm look, certainly looking forward to that. Big Michael Medved fan here. Uh, Tim Mahoney, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, in theaters May 15th and 17th. The trailer is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Tim, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your generosity with your time and for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Hey, thanks, Roger, for having me. It's always great to talk with a guy like Tim Mahoney, especially when you consider how uh, long he's worked and how much he has invested of his life, not only money, but time and effort uh, to uncover the evidence that he does uncover in his Patterns of Evidence movies. Uh, the new movie is called Patterns of Evidence, The Journey from Mount Sinai Part 2. Uh, it is up, the trailer is, at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have two pair of tickets to give away. This is a special theater Thursday here on this edition of The Bottom Line Show. Usually we do Movie Monday, but because uh, Tim's movie is broadcasting next Monday and Wednesday, we thought we'd do a theater Thursday and give away the tickets on Thursday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, you're asking for one of the two pair of tickets we're giving away for Tim Mahoney's Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, to take a look at something, speaking of uh, archaeological digs and things of that nature, that uh, are kind of impacting us here in the People's Republic of California. But uh, when you see why there's concern about this, you might ask the question, well, maybe, just maybe, they might want to look at Scripture first before rebuilding a near-century-old California landmark. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. My thanks again to Tim Mahoney, the uh, creator of the Patterns of Evidence documentary series. Patterns of Evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2 is in theaters this Monday, May the 15th, and also on Wednesday, May 17th. We have two pair of tickets for the screenings, and we'd love to put one pair in your hands. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, you'll ask about those tickets, and you can use them either day from what I understand. Um, so it, if you want to use them on the 15th, 
you and, and somebody else who calls in wants to use them on May the 15th, you can. Or if both of our winners use them on the 17th, it's up to you. Just remember, of course, with all of our giveaways, uh, we're talking about one win per fa- household every 30 days. So keep that in mind. We'll put you on the honor system. I read the call lists, so I, I know who's calling in on a regular basis. And I'm glad you do. I really am glad you do. Hey, by the way, don't forget, Mother's Day is coming up uh, a week from Sunday. No, excuse me. Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday. And there's still time for you to get your entry in for the K-Bright Mother's Day giveaway. Nominate your mom. Nominate the woman who was like a mother to you. Nominate, uh, maybe you had a big sister who was like, you know, big family. She was a lot older and she was kind of mom to you. Or if you want to nominate yourself, say, boy, you love being a mom so much. Your kids are wonderful. Um, Even if you have to embellish that a little bit, go to kbrightradio.com and click on the banner for Mother's Day. And we're going to have a Mother's Day drawing this weekend um, where we're going to give away. Actually, I think they're drawing tomorrow. We're going to give away um, two prizes. One is our uh, second grand prize, which is a huge bouquet of flowers. And the grand grand prize is Spa Day for Mom, which is such an awesome opportunity. So go to kbrightradio.com and click on the banner for Mother's Day and you'll be in. You will be uh, really loving life. You know, it's interesting. I was reading this story with great interest last week. I'm actually getting a Bay Area slant on this. This is from the San Francisco Gate, sfgate.com. And it, it's it's interesting because there have been, uh, there's a lot of rain. There's a lot of things happening, especially like in South Orange County, right near the San Diego, Orange County border. San Clemente, uh, Laguna Beach, Dana Point have really been taking it hard because there's been so much rain in Orange County in the past year. And what's interesting, um, <laughs> what's interesting to me is huh, something that as a young journalist, I, I noticed very quickly my first or second job in radio. I spent most of my time in radio, though. If you go to myhopenow.com, you can see the camera work and you can find out why I spent so much time in radio. But what was interesting to me was as I started, you know, you, you grow up watching the newscast and you, you realize that there's late breaking news and they cover certain stories in certain parts of the country or the world. And you kind of get your news of the world from the news source that presents it. As you get older and work in the industry, you begin to notice a few things. Like, for example, every time it rains, they'll typically, if it's a TV newscast, they'll try to find the rainiest, wettest spot they can that's closest to the studio. And then they'll send one of their beat reporters out to actually stand in the rain. Oh, it's coming down. Cats and dogs here, you know. And they're five feet away, you know. Um, another thing that I've noticed, and this is kind of, okay, I'm going to tell on myself here, and, and it's all in good fun now. About 25 years ago, Super Bowl was in San Diego, and Promise Keepers was at its just zenith. Uh, Ken Harrison's doing a great job with it now, but Bill McCartney, the founder, was still running it. And they had a day before the Super Bowl Promise Keepers men's event at Shadow Mountain Church. And we had, uh, I was working for Ambassador Advertising. We had been charged with putting together this big old audio thing that we were using for the radio broadcast and I got to write a bunch of stuff it was tons of fun I hadn't really written scripts before and we put all this stuff together we get down there we were going to do it all live and then it turned out for time we had to cut most of the stuff I wrote but that's all right but then there was the issue of I was going to be the sideline reporter if you will down on the convention floor at the church and everything else was happening up in the press box and we made the decision at the very last minute to keep me in the press box So I was getting ready to introduce Lindy McCartney, Bill McCartney's wife, as she was coming up on stage. And we had mics all over the church. But literally, the host of the event was sitting right next to me. And yet he's all, let's go down to the convention floor. Roger, what's happening? Well, you know, Dave, it's on and on. And I said, there's Lindy McCartney getting a nice ovation. And she comes back up to you guys. And he was literally right next to me. I've always wanted to, you know, just get that off my chest. But the reason I bring that up is because when you see a lot of the reporting about what happens with disasters and things like that, oftentimes they send these people out to cover things that are happening at their boss's house in Malibu. I mean, it's, it just They do. Look at the rain, torrential rain. We're in Malibu right now. This house might fall in the ocean. They don't tell you, my boss lives there. And if, he's, if his house falls in the ocean, we're all going to get fired. But have you noticed that whenever there's a lot of rain and whenever there's, you know, the ground starting to shift or whatever, it's typically 
incumbent upon us to ask the question, why is that place there in the first place? Case in point, the Casa Romantica in San Clemente. It hangs over a cliff just north of the pier in San Clemente. And as of Friday, April 28th, the weakened bluff top patio had cracked and it slid down the hillside. That actually happened the day before. Well, now the Casa Romantica has been red tagged. It's a century old and it's now been closed until further notice because that landslide that I mentioned, a 20 foot drop off the side. Neighboring properties where had residents had to be evacuated. The properties experienced what one uh, expert called a, uh, a, a cas- cascade of debris. This is a nonprofit music venue now. It's an event space. It's basically the former home of San Diego founder, or excuse me, San Clemente founder, Ole Anson. And it's officially called the Casa Romantica Cultural Center and Gardens was built in 1927. Nearly 40,000 people visit this place each and every year. It's gorgeous. Well, it was gorgeous. You look at what happened after the rains came, and, well, it just kind of slid and fell, and it's just, it's in a bad spot. There were train tracks that used to go past there, uh, but four condos had to get red tagged because the train tracks were also on a foundation that wasn't all that solid. Beautiful place to build, high value until something like, well, we never get rain here, so what's the worst that could happen? Well, how about all of the rain we've had in the past year in certain areas? Remember Lake Tulare? The one we talked about earlier, Central California, that our KCBC listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. About 100 years ago, that man-made lake, well, it was man-made drained. And this year, they got so much rain, the lake filled up again. Now Casa Romatica has the opposite. There's a beautiful home and train tracks, et cetera, et cetera, and they're all closed down, red tagged for repairs, took a couple of condos with them. Now no one can live there until they can again. So what is the lesson for us, though, brothers and sisters? What is the parallel? What can we get out of this whole ordeal when it comes to, first of all, the number of people who have been impacted negatively by the rain, but then also, what about the people who have been impacted positively by the rain? I'm going to talk about that. We're going to dig into Scripture in just a moment as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I brought your Marsh. Tim Mahoney has been our guest this hour here on the Bottom Line Show, and we're still giving away tickets. you got about three minutes left to get your call in for one of the two pair of tickets we're giving away here on this Theater Thursday, kind of the country cousin to Movie Monday. Uh, Tim's movie Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, is in theaters on Monday, May 15th, and then again on Wednesday, May 17th. We've got two pair of tickets to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're talking about the 
cultural coast, uh, the Casa Romantica Cultural Center in San Clemente that has been uh, there for nearly 100 years. It was built in 1927. It's the estate where Ole Hansen, the founder of uh, that the city of San Clemente, used to uh, kind of hang out, if you will. That was his home. And now about 40,000 people every year visit this spot. But as the ground began to collapse and 20-foot drop off a patio, the uh, train tracks aren't safe, and now all of a sudden uh, you've got four more condos that have all been red-tagged. Here's the lesson in it. The rain came, and it fell on the just and the unjust. The rain came and filled a lake that men in Tulare, California, had drained about 100 years ago, and God said, I'm going to fill that lake. During the same time that lake had been drained and the land was used for agricultural purposes, a place where it didn't rain all that much, and quite frankly, if it did rain, you wouldn't be able to build, wound up collapsing. May I remind you of what happened here? Both areas got the same amount of rain. Both areas had men, well, mankind, coming into the areas and trying to manipulate the area the way they wanted it to work instead of what God had intended. If you have your Bible handy, this will only take a minute, go to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, where Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon what? The rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it fell with a great crash. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember, the rains came down and the floods came. You learned that when you were a kid. Now, this is not to say, hey, Tulare, you screwed up because you took away the lake and God restored it. And hey, holy Hanson people in San Clemente, you never should have built that place there because look what happens when the rains fell. But it's just a reminder, brothers and sisters, of if we are building the right thing in the right place with the right foundation, to see how God honors it. I don't believe God leads us to build projects, to start opportunities for ministry, to get into relationships that do not have a solid foundation. If he's in it, as the psalmist said, unless God builds your house, those who labor, labor in vain. And we've had two rich examples of this, one on the destructive side, one on the restorative side, happened right here in the People's Republic of California just over the past couple of weeks. Build your foundation on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and his testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, the enemy has been defeated. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, this week's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And by the way, if you don't want to have to wait, we post this thing every Wednesday morning. If you just want to go ahead and download it, go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, and that way you can download it and know everything we're going to talk about before Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific time. National Crawford Roundtable's next as the bottom line continues.